0: Is it possible to disagree and still be friends? The answer is yes, and we are here to prove it. Join our group of badass sirens as we step out of our comfort zone and onto our soapboxes to sound off on our latest adventure. We might not always agree, but we will always love each other. Welcome to Siren Soapbox.
1: Welcome to Siren Soapbox, fellow explorers. Thank you for tuning in today. Our mission is to inspire you out of your comfort zone and into exploration. If you're enjoying our shows, please help us out by liking and subscribing. To explore along with us on our next adventure, go to www.sirensoapbox.com and click Dive In and Explore With Us. You can also explore past episodes through the blog pages under Stay Curious. We'd love to hear what you think, or if you have an idea for a challenge, drop us a line at sirensoapbox at gmail.com. Now on to today's episode. We're going to attempt to read your mind. Get that math brain on. We're going rapid fire. Quickly, what is one plus one? Two plus two? Four. Four plus four? Eight plus eight? 16 plus 16? Name a vegetable. Did you think, Carrot? If you did, we just read your mind. There are logical explanations for the way our brain thinks and the way that it jumps to certain conclusions, and that's what the Sirens are diving into this week. We each read the book, Think Like a Mind Reader, Improve Your Business, Strengthen Your Relationships, and Solve Your Your Problems by Jonathan Pritchard. There are a lot of synchronicities between what we've talked about on Siren Soapbox and this book. We're going to dive into some of those and what practices we have put into our daily lives uh, on today's episode. But first, if at any time the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is
0: mango. Mango.
1: Soapbox is myrrh. Thank you, Elsie. So think like a mind reader
0: was actually written for me with me in mind. We'll just put that out there right now. I read it at a time in my life where all of my thoughts, emotions, energy, focus, it's all just a bunch of chaos in my head right now. And I can't seem to check enough things off the list. I mean, hell, I don't even have a list at this point. So I just have a mind full of worry and chaos, which results in procrastination and feeling like I'm forced to spend my time a particular way instead of spending my time in a way that I want to spend my time. So what this book did for me was help me understand pretty clearly that I need to organize my mind. And I hadn't actually thought of it that way before. I've been feeling... I've been feeling pretty overwhelmed, overwhelmed by some things that I need to get done, but don't really have an idea where to start. Um, I love Jonathan's advice about organizing your thoughts, and it is stupid simple. The first step is to write down a problem that's been bothering you, and the second step is to write down a list of all the things getting in the way of solving that problem, and that second step is where the magic happens, right? Cause that's where curiosity takes over and solutions are born. And that's where the learning and the growing happens which leads to the most important takeaway for me which is a direct quote from the book. It's not in the knowing, it's in the doing. So reading this book has been sort of a tough love kind of reminder that nothing will get done by thinking about it. And I took action on a couple of things today that have been weighing on me, and I feel a little lighter. So I've decided it's time to uh, start taking action again, and I already feel better for making that decision. So now, Sarah, we'd love to hear what you have to say.
2: All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Mer. Uh, so I really enjoyed reading this book. Uh, I wrote all over it and reread several parts over and over to try to really let some of my favorite messages sink in. Even though I just recently finished reading the book, I already see several opportunities for me to make good use of some of the strategies described. I mean, I really found something that spoke to me in just about every chapter, which does make writing this soapbox a little bit tough. So I picked one of the topics. Um, This one really hit close to home, and that's the fact that time is such a precious commodity. Bill and I have talked about how we want hundreds of years to be together. While I didn't read anything about how to quite make that happen in this book, there are some pretty cool tips that I plan to implement. As the queen of procrastination, I absolutely love the idea that I should tackle tasks that can get done later first. I had to read that a few times to get it, but the explanation makes so much sense. The things that really have to get done will get done, but the things that can wait keep getting pushed until later. And those unfinished tasks or projects live in my head very loudly. I mean, they literally take up space and time in my mind over days, weeks, and sometimes months. But if I were to just get them done first, then I could have all the time and space, all of that time and space in my head for more fun things. The time cushion section had me laughing though. The, the idea here is if you give yourself more time than you need to get something done, the time you have left over can be used to get the next task done. This can be used for any task, chore, or project, but can also be used when planning to go somewhere. You know, like when you're heading to the airport and you leave early enough so that you can get through security in time to chill at the gate, read a book, whatever. Why so funny? Because I am married to the guy who claims he never gets to the airport in time to sit at the gate. And he has tried to prove it to me many times. TC might remember the first time we all traveled together. We weren't sure Bill was even going to get there in time. But as he likes it, he walked up to the gate and got straight on the plane. So I am looking forward to delving into uh, more of these strategies. And with that, on to Jess.
3: Thanks, Sara. So I, I do want to say that I loved the book once I got about two-thirds through. <laughs> I It did take me about two-thirds to get into the book. And the concepts are really interesting. I just had a lot of trouble connecting with it. Once I got about two-thirds through, though, Jonathan started speaking about worry, fear, and public speaking. These are all topics that I have a lot of trouble with. He also talked about Doctor Strange and Dune, which are two of Ben's favorites, so that kind of endeared me as well. (laughs) But that's another side note. I really liked his take on worry, especially the idea of writing down and then going back to see how many of your worries actually happened. I also liked the quote of results will get you motivated not the other way around. This connected to me because there are many times I don't want to do something but I know that I will be happier once I do it, especially right now. The last thing I want to do is keep applying for jobs and looking for jobs. But I have gotten a couple calls for interviews that are really exciting. Hopefully by the time this airs on Friday I will have an answer on some of those. But One suggestion I would have for the book is just to include more personal connections. I liked the chapter on having conversations with strangers because it reminded me of my dad and how he knows everyone's personal story after talking to them for about 15 minutes. (laughs) He's one of the most successful people I know and also the kindest. Overall, it was an interesting read and approach to life. And since I've read it, I have tried to be free of my fears more often was a little hard this weekend since I've been sick and haven't left my house <laughs> and that's my comfort zone. I did a couple of presentations at work like I talked about last week so I guess the fear of public speaking is coming at me from all different angles. <laughs> With that on to Elsie.
1: I absolutely love this book. It is quite marked up from all the underlining and notes that I took. Some of my favorite quotes were, Mondays don't suck, your job does. Serve as someone others can look up to for an idea of what it means to have a good life. You may not choose what happens to you, but you choose how to act to it or how you react to it. And my favorite was, your life is affected by the way you think about things. This one is tough. It's hard to get out of your own head and it is the most crucial message in the book. What you focus on grows and sometimes it's hard to get out of that negative cycle. Something that I've started doing recently at art shows is to is similar to the be successful section in the book. So instead of just being disappointed when somebody doesn't buy something or even care if they like my work at all, I just try to engage the person in conversation and genuinely care about them and how they're doing, or just throw random compliments at people who walk by. And I have found that I met a lot of interesting people and had a few people come back the second month and buy something from me. She said she'd be a repeat customer. And that's more rewarding than the sale, making the connection. I do want to try to have more enthusiasm like the book suggests. And I also want to try and do the I get to do something instead of I have to. I think that's a nice positive spin. This weekend, I lived without fear for two days and tried or I finally mustered the courage to do some projects that I've been afraid of doing and put off for years. So it was nice to learn some new skills and clear out some clutter along the way. I will admit I was slightly disappointed because I thought I was gonna come out like Jean Grey in the X-Men and be able to read everybody's minds, but the exercises in learning to master my own mind proved to be much more valuable. And now on to TC. Thanks. I completely
4: love this book and plan to read it again, maybe in a year. I told Dino that I purposefully used one color to underline and write in the margins so that when I reread it, I can use a different color. I feel like this is the kind of book that will have a different takeaway depending on what's going on in your world. It will be interesting to see how different things stand out to me a year from now. Before I get started on the book, let me set the scene of how I read the last third of the book. My friends all had plans to dive. I decided to write along but I would float on the sea and finish the book while they floated under the sea. My book is now waterlogged and frayed and some of my notes in the margins are illegible. I mention this to you because even though under the sea is one of my favorite places to be, I was content and happy floating on the sea and reading this book. So how's that for a positive book review? Now for my thoughts on what is in the book. I connected with the author, Jonathan Pritchard, right from the beginning. Early in the book, he talks about the mystical land of someday. One of my guiding principles is that someday is one of the most dangerous words you can use. Side note, I also don't match my socks, but I don't wear them anymore because now I live on an island where I don't need socks. There's also an entire section that reminds me of one of the first things I loved about Dino. He is someone who is truly interested in people. In fact, while discussing this book, he insisted that he really isn't that curious. And to prove that, he compared himself to how I read and take classes and do things to learn all the time. And I said, well, you're very curious about people. He sat there for a moment silent and then said, yeah, you're right, I am. I guess I am curious. It just looks different for him than it does for me, which is kind of a common theme that the sirens have in the last few podcasts. But the chapter that blew my mind, The chapter I wanted to photocopy and place under the wiper blades of cars and parking lots is chapter 12. Follow your brackets. The chapter about curiosity. The fact that the saying, curiosity killed the cat, has an ending that none of us learned. Whoa, (laughs) the ending is so important. Curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. I was curious about this, so I did a little searching. Wikipedia says of the second part, the risk would lead to resurrection because of the satisfaction felt after finding out. More on this later. Jonathan Pritchard is a highly sought after consultant and speaker specializing in the area of applied psychology and life and business. His client list includes Fortune 500 companies like BP, State Farm, United Airlines and more. He is the founder of the international consulting company, The Hellstrom Group, which has trained teams to improve their sales, negotiation, and presentation skills on six of the seven continents. His expertise comes from his background traveling the world as a mentalist, a unique type of entertainer specializing in mind reading tricks. The applied psychology he uses on stage in Vegas, on TV, and online gives him an edge off stage as well which is what this book is trying to help us with. He is the author of several books focused on psychology, motivation, self-improvement, and more. We are very excited to welcome Jonathan to this episode of Siren Soapbox.
0: Welcome, Jonathan. Welcome.
5: Thank you so much. That uh, that was one of the most delightful 15 minutes of my entire life. I I haven't gotten that much reader feedback and thoughts in the entire time that, that it has existed. So <laughs> that alone like, is thank you. Like that, that was
1: fantastic. Hey,
0: I'm happy to oblige. The no,
4: book I have a was question. just amazing. It was amazing. I have a question for you. Um, I read that you went from being a pretty shy person to making your living speaking with people. And I'm wondering if there was ever a time when something that popped out of mind reading threw you off guard so much that you weren't sure what to say.
5: Oh, that's a, that's a really good question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. He's like this question then. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Well done, TC. Yeah,
0: I,
5: I can imagine that it's happened, but I can't remember it happening. There have been moments in presentations or shows that have just been so funny or amazing that you just have to let the audience play it out for a good solid minute. So either they're laughing or looking at their friends going, what in the world did I just see? There haven't really been any times where I was speechless mainly because I script everything And I've been in front of a thousand different audiences with between 50 and 5,000 people. So that is a lot of people, a lot of data points and having the script lets me be in the moment so that when something wacky happens, I can just have fun with it because I know that no matter where it goes, I could always come right back to my script and now we're moving the show forward. And people don't know where that line is. And that's kind of a personal point of pride where a new friend will come see the show. Then they come see the tomorrow night's show. Then they're going, I had no clue that all of that was scripted. Like you you said the same offhand comment in both shows, because the spectator, the volunteer said exactly the same thing in both shows. Like, yeah, I, I kind of create the moment where that's the, the first time they're thinking of the joke. But that's the that's the thousandth time that I've put somebody in that situation where that is the joke that they think of. So it makes them look like they're witty and just highlighting them as the star is is kind of the the fun part about it.
4: Yeah, I, so I did the trick, which you can ask about in a minute, but I did the trick in the book and I, I, the first time I read it, I didn't read all of it, I read just enough that I knew what to do, kind of, and Mm -hmm. so what
0: happened (laughs) Is exactly
4: so you didn't what, read
5: the recipe all the way, you just right. threw the ingredients together, slammed it in the in the oven, yeah, then turned it on. Got that it. was
0: supposed to be
4: in a frying pan, Tracy. I know, but <laughs> what happened is exactly what he says will happen if you don't do all oh, the rest of it that I didn't read. So that's it's almost like
5: I've done this before. <laughs> yeah.
4: so that's, Like your answer completely makes sense because that's exactly what happened to me in the book. And then after I read, you know, the whole blowing it in a bubble and getting their mind off what you're all of that, like giving them something to kind of believe is happening made Mm -hmm. a total difference on that trick. I did it again and it went completely differently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't
5: that amazing? Like it, it really is amazing to me that, very rational, smart people have to have some explanation for how it works. Even if it's completely out there, nonsensical, and clearly, obviously not real, the lizard part of their brain goes, yeah, that makes sense. And now that they have an answer, they're not going to look for the answer. So the question that, that you were touching on is a beautiful opportunity that I never get which is to ask people who have read the book if they noticed the trick built into the book before you got to page nine or to, to chapter nine.
2: I noticed the words up there and uh, for the life of me, I couldn't figure it out because I kept looking and I was like, okay, well, I tried to put them all together in a sentence and that didn't work. And, uh, it, you know, I, I played around with it, but I didn't, it didn't twig that it was that,
5: that, 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 that. was it.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you yeah. want to say it. Too. We don't want everybody to know this trick, do we? Um, no,
5: and, and that's kind of a, another detail, which I, I said what chapter it is. But I tried to hide the explanation for how to use the book behind a good page and a half of the most boring, ridiculous, nonsense stuff that that any normal, sane person reading it would go, eh, I'm going to skip this one. And then, <laughs> then the secret is safe.
4: I was worried about that part when I got to it. I was like, "Oh my god, a whole chapter on this? Are you kidding?" I'm and
0: surprised then... you kept reading, actually. I know. TC. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
4: goodness I did. I didn't notice it at all. A- completely oblivious. Didn't notice it all. So fact, one time, oh, sorry, go ahead. I wondered why. I wondered why that the title was written the way it is. I was like, mm, "That's interesting," and I wondered that all along. Until yeah, I didn't notice it at all.
0: I noticed on, I noticed the uh, formula on one page pretty early, but then, and then I thought I should really do some more investigating about that, but only because someone, we're in a, a group chat and everybody was talking about it. And someone said, oh, I wondered why those words were up there. I hadn't gotten that far, but so I noticed the formula early, but didn't bother to think or research any further. And so when it, was revealed i was like oh yeah that makes sense i noticed it but didn't understand it i
5: guess perfect and and now you all understand why there isn't a digital version of the book
1: oh yes that's exactly oh so can you send me the
5: kindle version i go no because (laughs) because tc what you went through is the process of becoming a better communicator where it's a trick okay how'd you do that and then they grill you and then you turn it into kind of fun and they're like, okay, that was fun, but how did you learn, like, wait a minute, what's going on? Then it becomes a miracle where they just go, how in the world did you know that? The method doesn't change, but your skill at managing that experience for your your guest, your skill gets better and better. So that's the process of becoming a better communicator and a better connector with people. So to do the digital version would rob every reader of that process. So that's one of the biggest lessons in the whole thing of why I wrote it. So yeah, no, there's there's not going to be a digital version.
0: I love that so much. And we tried desperately to find a digital version. <laughs> we did. But I'm, I'm really glad that it doesn't exist for that reason.
2: Well, I took so many notes. My phone would have been oh a mess gosh. if I tried to read it.
0: I don't think I would have taken as many notes if I didn't have a, a yeah. book to write in.
5: Thank you. You you all have just made my day, week, and month. <laughs> that. Oh, that is fantastic. Thank you.
4: So um, Mer mentioned we have a group chat where we we're talking about the book as we were reading it. And at one point I was like, I wonder if he'll give me permission to print off copies of, is it chapter 12 and just start putting that under windshields, that whole chapter about curiosity, man, I'm not kidding you. I I think I texted 10 different groups of people today in group text with two pictures of the pages where you're talking about curiosity killed the cat, because then I did get curious and I searched it and I found Wikipedia and I'm like, oh my God, that's a real thing. There's actually an ending. And nobody knows that ending. Nobody like, knows
0: that ending.
5: Nope. No. And it
0: completely changes the meaning of the whole phrase. Yeah, completely. for sure. It it totally puts a positive spin on it, on what is otherwise seems like a like a warning. A warning.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: It, a warning to stay inside, a warning to stay in your lane, to not not go to anything that you're interested in. No, no. Aren't you this little box? Why are you talking about this thing that's way over here? Stay in the space where I can understand what you are. Uh, How dare you go off limits of my understanding of who you are? That to me is so insulting that it just, no, I'm curious about life and life has a lot going on. So good luck trying to keep me in your box. Never going to happen.
4: Right. Right. So I was... I was, my brother is one of the people um, that I sent this message to. So he sent me this very, very long messages back (laughs) all about some research that he's done on this in the past and how um, people in charge have fought and demonized the concept of curiosity because curiosity leads to progress, education, advancement. And that'll lead to someone looking behind the wizard's curtain and, and seeing a king with no clothes. So it was interesting, kind of his spin on that. But part of our tagline, I don't know if you know this about us, Jonathan, but part of our tagline is dive in, stay curious and be happy. And so every time, like when I came to that chapter, I, it, it really did blow my mind. Beautiful. And I really do want to photocopy it and just pass it off as leaflets.
5: Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> All right, <long laughs> think, like that.
4: Let's it's see. Right I think
5: I put the, yeah, I put the the address the URL on the bottom of every page. So yeah, go for it.
0: Oh, oh yeah, you did. <laughs>
5: there you
0: go. Yeah, I... I not on
4: the bottom of my page anymore.
0: I actually <laughs> will photocopy one of ours that hasn't been in the sea. <laughs> I am actually, one of the things I wrote down is that I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for the siren soapbox box for helping me stay curious, because I feel like I'm afraid that I would fall into, there's a place that Jonathan, you describe in the book somewhere about, I, I don't know exactly what the word you use, but just kind of being in a place of limbo where you're not really enthusiastic about anything. And you're just kind of going through the motions, like a non-player character. Um, and, and I, you know if i didn't have the soapbox i think i would be more that way right now so i'm i'm really thankful for this group of girls that i have
1: i gotta ask because i uh was on your youtube channel on friday can you tell us a little bit more about sea monkeys
5: (laughs) (laughs) uh absolutely i i love sea monkeys I just, they're, they're the coolest things ever. And, and I have them on my desk and to back up even farther um, in, in March, 2020, uh, when we all were on our long intermission um, and all of my in-person events, trade shows, keynote speaking shows, uh, sales trainings, every single thing I had booked evaporated within the same two week span and i was problem oriented for a good two or three weeks where this is awful and and uh, then i realized well jonathan you're not being very solutions oriented if you were going to solve this what would it look like and then i was going well but I'm, I'm best in person. I know people are talking about streaming stuff, but what I do is built for a live audience. That's where I thrive. Then I was like, hey, you know, what if I could do my show and my presentations on zoom? What would that look like? So then that sent me down a real deep rabbit hole of live streaming and building out a whole studio in my home and being able to control the scenes and and just doing everything to create a professional level presentation for all of my clients. And then that just got booked through the roof and I was more busy doing virtual shows than I was doing real live shows. So in a weird way, 2020 was kind of awesome and I could show up to work without shoes on. So TC, I, I feel you on the not wearing shoes part. So I built all that out. And then uh, I was just kind of uh, recently kind of leveling up some of my gear and there was a new camera and it kept glitching. So I wanted just some way to to kind of battle test the new camera. So I thought, you know what? What if I just make a live stream for my sea monkeys? It's the stupidest thing ever, but they're just swimming around They're They're calming. So let me throw some some music in the background and just stream these monkeys for hours. And then my friends were like, hey, this is great. Like, (laughs) I just leave this on in the background at work. So then it's just kind of become a weird thing that that people like. And it was just me trying something out, and it it's getting traction. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just showing off my my little sea monkeys to the world. So they're, there, oh, they, there are. they
1: are. There
5: they are. Yep. And Very they're cute. they're making sea monkey babies right now. That's oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good thing. Babies. We already
1: have the explicit rating. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right.
5: Yeah, they he that's not piggyback Bag. But, uh,
0: <laughs> So I read, or you wrote this book, or it was published in 2017, or at mm-hmm. least my copy of it says that. Yep. So this was way before any virtual stuff, but I was wondering if you could do the, or perform the six degrees of psychic Kevin Bacon virtually, but, or if that's something you have to be in person for, or.
5: It, it kind of is an in-person thing. Um, oh, yeah. Because mind reading isn't real. I mean, sorry to burst the bubble. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's kind of,
1: yeah, there there is a challenge.
5: (laughs) So, so that six degrees of psychic Kevin Bacon is a presentational angle to a routine that genuinely has its roots all the way back in the oracles of Delphi. It literally goes back that far. Um, But just due to the constraints of reality and virtual reality, that particular angle just I have I've been trying yeah to work on a way to connect that there there are other fun presentational angles but that one just does not suit itself to to zoom
0: yeah that makes sense I was reading or I recently watched Derek Delgado's mm-hmm. in and of itself and it reminded me of his I am the yes. cards that's yes. what it reminded me of. And it felt and like that was a yes. more like very special in person kind of experience.
5: Exactly. Exactly. And the I am thing is a wrinkle of that, that thing that goes all the way back to prehistory.
0: See, six degrees. Boom. Did it. There it is. Except there it is. was only one.
5: Right. Right. <laughs> one. But yeah, like, um, so like, give me, give me a detail. And, and then I would just kind of walk you through my thinking of it. So what, what detail or thing would you be thinking of?
0: Should I say it out loud?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Go for it.
0: Okay. Um, my parrot.
5: Your parrot. Okay. So in my head, I, I would probably go, uh, mountains. Does that make sense to you at all? No. Um, because like, um, Cause I'm seeing like a calendar flipping by like very quickly, like uh, thousands and, and millions of years going where mountains kind of uh, get weathered down and crumble. Does, does that make any sense to you? No. Okay. Uh, because the, the rocks are getting worn down uh, to kind of like pebbles and then down to sand that get carried down to the beach. Um, does the beach make any sense to you?
0: A little bit. Like, I feel like we're on the right track.
5: Okay, because because I'm seeing like a, a ship coming towards the beach, just kind of flying a, um, a black flag with a skull and crossbones <laughs> on it. Do, do pirates make sense to you at all?
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> they do. Okay,
5: but but you're not thinking about pirates.
0: No, you, I'm you're not.
5: Actu- you you're actually thinking about uh, mascot wouldn't be the right word, but the pet the parrot. Are you thinking about a parrot?
4: Yes, I am thinking about a parrot.
5: There you go. Oh,
4: so no so matter so no <laughs> matter what
5: you're thinking about, <laughs> so no matter what you're thinking about, whatever random thing comes to my brain, that's the first thing that I say. And I have no clue how in the world we're going to get there. And then I just make stuff up. And as we're going through, when when it gets to the beach, because I know that's kind of close to the parrot thing, when you go, oh, wow, yeah, suddenly everybody else is experiencing your experience as though I knew better than you what it is that you're thinking about, which is a really weird thing.
4: Oh, here's the really weird thing, Jonathan. The parrot lives with Merhaj. She was originally my parrot. Murhaj got the parrot because I moved aboard a boat, and now I live <laughs> on an island in the sea. Thus, the beach.
5: <laughs> See, there you go. It's. I don't all have connected. to make the stuff up. It it just is magical on its own. That's what I love about what I do.
0: Oh, that was actually a question that I had for you: Is what is your favorite part of your job?
5: My favorite part of my job okay, right has... now. <laughs> It's
0: changed.
5: (laughs) Yeah. It it's changed a lot over the years because on the front end, it was, look at me. I'm a full-time professional. I get paid to travel the world and being seen as a person who gets paid to travel the world was kind of my favorite part. And then as, as the routine that you were talking about, the, I am within the context of my show and in the way that I do that, um, People genuinely start crying because it's, it is so emotional. And I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about why. And I think it's because when we're born, we live and then die by ourselves. Even though we have friends, we're connected, we have family. Ultimately we are trapped in this little box we call I, And that serves a very valuable purpose. The the ego helps us navigate reality, but we're never really truly convinced other people are real, That sounds like a psychopath thing to say, but we just kind of go off of, I'm pretty sure other people are real, but when it comes right down to it, we are the only people that go through what we go through. And then when you go to my experience and I'm able to look at people and then tell them exactly what it is that they're thinking about secrets from their childhood, they're seen in a way that no other human being on planet earth has ever seen them because it's the tiniest glimmer that maybe this, this impossible chasm of experience could be bridged. That there just might be the chance that somebody in the world could understand me. And that's not an experience that many people get to have. So being able to create that for people and then challenge their idea of what they think their limits are. Then getting the feedback two to three years later when they, when I get an email, like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but you came to speak at the company and you talked to me afterwards for 10 minutes and it made all the difference in the world. Here's everything that I did after that. And I just had to, to thank you. So getting those kinds of messages from people is my favorite part of what I do. And, and it's that kind of thing that makes me feel like I'm on the right track.
0: Yeah, that must be a really cool, like amplified example of, there's a quote of yours in the book that I wrote down somewhere, but it's something along the lines of, um, there's nothing cooler or greater than seeing your idea in action. So I imagine that that kind of feedback is just like overwhelming in a good way. You know,
5: it really is. It, it's deeply humbling. It, it really is because you realize what the stakes are. That you, you if you phone it in and you just kind of go through the motions and you're not really here with the moment, then you aren't going to be the lightning rod for that kind of experience or be the facilitator for that kind of experience for people. And I'm the only person in the universe that can be me. And if I ignore that, then I'm kind of ignoring what the universe has dreamt up. And that's not something I want to do.
0: So one of the things, one of the many synchronicities that I think most of us felt reading this book um, led me to ask you or think about, so you said something along the lines of just put it out there. It's never going to be perfect you know, share your gift with the world, which is something that we wholeheartedly believe. So I was wondering if you had a, uh, an example of something that you put out there before it was quite ready. And I, I don't know what, what your, what your experience was out the, with was with that in the long run.
5: Yeah. Um, I guess the most recent version of that for me is learning Mandarin. I I practice Mandarin every day, barely. (laughs) I might learn one or two characters a day, and it has taken me two years to reach 80% proficiency in terms of how frequent these words and characters show up in in Mandarin. And as of today, of the time that we're recording this, I, I hit 80%. And... I practice handwriting basically every day. So I I practice reading, writing, and speaking Mandarin a little bit every day. So then when I fill up a page of handwriting, I'll put it on Twitter.
0: Oh, that's fun.
5: So it's just kind of my way of saying, all right, I just hit page 84 of my handwriting practice. There you go. So it's kind of a way of me learning in public in a way that would otherwise be more comfortable if it was something I never talked about because manner is really hard. <laughs> so if, sure. if I never talked about it, then nobody would ever ask me about it. Then I would never need to, to cop to how awful I am at it, but man, I'm, I'm a lot better today than I was starting two years ago. And that little bit of progress is a little bit better.
3: That's a fun example. Jonathan, don't feel bad. My brother is, um, he is fluent in Mandarin. He double majored in that in foreign business and met his wife over there. And she still won't speak to him in Chinese at home because she says he talks too slow.
1: (laughs) That
5: is fantastic. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I don't speak fast. I can read faster than I can speak.
3: (laughs) It's a hard one. It is super hard to, I mean... I've, she's been in our family for over five years now and I still only know like three words so
0: yep <laughs> Mark great. and I have decided that we're going to learn Italian to satisfy a dream of visiting Italy and then perhaps maybe I don't know getting a home there someday
1: we'll see how that goes
5: that's great. <laughs>
1: Jonathan, are you a diver?
5: I am not. Uh, The ocean is a terrifying place to me.
0: Oh, well, it sounds like you need to get in it then, Jonathan.
5: Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, I grew up in the mountains of North Carolina when I turned 18, went off to college, uh, spent 20 years living all over the country, traveling all over the world, and recently moved back to the mountains uh, so I live basically very close to the highest peak east of the Mississippi River. So the ocean can't get at me. So that's <laughs> that's the main reason why I live up here for sure. Oh, but wow. I, I lived in Fort Lauderdale for four summers and I think I touched the ocean twice. I just, wow. I, I don't like water. It's just not, uh, having said that, I still, uh, I would still get chained up and then thrown into the deep end of the swimming pool at uh, like in junior high summer parties, because that's how I made friends. So I, I'm familiar Doing like with
0: like the it. Houdini escape trick.
5: Exactly. Yep, <laughs> I love exactly. that
0: so much.
5: So, so I know how to swim. I'm not scared of water. It's just very low on my priority of ways I want to spend my time, which is kind of weird.
1: But you mentioned underwater basket weaving in the book, and that's a a specialty in Patty. So (laughs) I was like, I wonder if he's a diver. That's hilarious. That's an actual specialty. Yeah, you can get your certification in underwater basket weaving.
5: (laughs) That is amazing.
0: I did not know that that was an actual thing. I thought it was just a saying that people said,
1: like a nonsensical thing. There's a underwater zombie certification through Patty too. If they can oh. make money off of a certification, they'll, they'll make it. <laughs> well, I'm it might've get...
5: started off as a silly saying, and then they go, well, you know, I we know. could make this a thing. And then market, now they're shit. the first, yeah, that's, that's smart. Okay. Mad respect <laughs> to them. That's great.
0: For sure. I mean, I'm already signing up for the underwater zombie specialist class as we speak. So there's
2: that. Can't wait to hear what that's about. I'm just, yeah. I mean, zombies. I'm picturing that there are underwater zombies.
0: I mean, in my in my limited knowledge of zombies, I thought water was a way to stop them. They don't, breathe. they
5: don't need to breathe. They're oh, still they alive. just keep moving. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. World War Z, that's a that's a plot point that huh. they're still alive underwater.
1: Wow. That is right. terrifying. Mm-hmm. I also just and learned it to Amazon. Worry
2: I have to worry about sharks and zombies biting my feet underwater now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Amazon does have a zombie clause. You'll have to look that up.
5: (laughs) Yes, they do. I don't know why they do. Right. But It's unnerving that it's there. Even if it's just for jokes, it's a legally binding document that talks about zombies. So that's strange.
1: It's like, what do they know?
0: (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to say. What do they know that we don't know? Jonathan, what are you curious about right now?
5: Oof. Um, (laughs) Currently, I am.
1: Yeah, currently, (laughs) I'm curious about.
5: Yeah, there's a very deep rabbit hole about the Pythagoreans that I am just falling down. And it's about the Pythagoreans figuring out a lot of stuff that is a current debate in 2021 about AI, the nature of intelligence, is reality a simulation, or the universe is a computer. The Pythagoreans had already kind of figured most of that stuff out 2,500 years ago. So it's really fascinating to me that they were some of the first folks to put together number theory and tie it to logic and then use logic to find the limits of logic to show that there's something extra beyond logic at the fundamentals of the universe that is fundamentally non-computable, which is really interesting. So I'm I am going down that rabbit hole so hard. I love it.
4: It's like a fun I must not be a good mind reader yet because I would not have guessed that answer. <laughs> <laughs> but I did see LC, LC jot some notes down so I'm afraid of what she's going to make us do now that you said that. That, sounds, that all sounds right up her alley.
0: Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. really excited about this. Actually, I took a note too. So this may be a uh, LC mer special. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting because in reading the book we we do a lot of exploring we explore shows and movies and books and experiences and our own minds and games and all kinds of things and in reading your book there are so many places that I underlined stuff and wrote a note about something else we had done which was right in line with it so synchronicities that we found um like there are some places where what you say sounds so much like begin with yes. And I was saying, yes, yes. And there were there, we're doing the artist's way right now. That's a 12 week thing. So that's taking some time for us, but there was a lot of, where you talked about how um, your creativity is a gift and it's your moral obligation to share it with the world that that was right in line with um, a lot of what, I think what we believe and what we're reading. And I'm curious what kind of synchronicities the other sirens found while reading the book.
1: That's a long list. <laughs> I know. Yeah, same. Uh, well, we just did the fun habit a couple weeks ago. And um, I have on page 20, 122 of Think Like a Mind Reader, um, like figuring out what you're spending time on so that you actually start spending time on the things that you want to do. Uh, I wrote down a couple begin with yes, synchronicities, being a continual learner, uh, like the queens, and writing out the problems and the physical act of writing is just like yeah. the hardest way. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. There's
2: a for the for the fun habit that there's even the the discussion about how, how we waste so much of our precious time, thinking about silly things like deciding where to go for dinner. That was uh. That, that one, uh, struck me.
4: You know, I just had that conversation with Dino cause he wanted to know where I wanted to go. And it's, it was one of those weeks where I felt like I was making so many decisions. I was like, that's not a decision I want to make. And then I read that and I was like, man, I should just have a decision in my back pocket for those moments. Let's go here and be done. That's what I need to do. I liked that. We, we did something on, um, on exploring careers. And then right after that, we did the fun habit and exploring careers. When I did some research later to write our our blog post about that, there's a difference between jobs and careers. And the the same thing can be a job for some people and a career for other people. And when we looked at the fun habit, everyone defines how they have fun slightly differently. And then when I had that conversation with Dean about curiosity, everyone's curiosity is a little bit different. Um, so I thought that was a like a common theme that I keep seeing. Is, there's a Maxi Priest song, all kinds of people. I just keep coming back to that song. So,
0: yeah, even even with the conquering or, or not even conquering our fears, the facing your fear series that we're doing um, on page two forty three, it was he says he Jonathan like he's not in the room. <laughs> Same for your fears, train them, take ownership of them, don't let them ram- run rampant in your mind. And that's, you know, what we talk about when we're talking about facing our fears, let's do that thing that makes us feel scared. That makes our belly twist. That gives us that excitement. Yeah. That some of
4: that reminded me of you and the quote that we have from you about how you don't want to quit being afraid because it kind of feels good to do the things you're afraid to do. It's like life. Yeah. Makes you feel alive.
5: Yeah, yeah fear fear's a, a very good thing. If you were fearless and then you go, "Well, let me go walk up to that tiger. that's not a smart thing to do. So fear is definitely useful insofar as it helps you avoid things that should be avoided, but it's not a good way to control your decision making long term. Like
4: getting in the ocean, for example, would be so sad. If- <laughs> The See, that's, fear kept you from the magic of no, the they, world under the sea.
5: There's just no interest that is completely oh, different. Like
0: there's so much to explore
5: I, under I, the I water know, under the surface. I, I completely <laughs> I can appreciate every single <laughs> argument that you have in favor of it. None of it is persuasive for me. <laughs> like it's I, I love I the love,
0: honesty. I love I the
5: woods, I love mountains and going out into the forest and climbing trees love that the ocean just is not a place that that i want to spend my time
0: well i guess i don't really want to spend my time climbing trees so to each his own
5: <laughs> That seems terrifying been to my me.
3: husband for 15 years and i still have not gotten him to try scuba and he says that if he has to put on that much equipment to stay alive he's not supposed to be there
5: that's good stuff that's great
3: that's
0: true. So I came up with a challenge for our listeners this week. Are you guys um, ready for the surprise challenge? So ready. Because we didn't discuss it at all ahead of time. But I, it's one part of the book that really struck me was practicing your observation skills. So our challenge to our listeners and to our fellow sirens is to draw something that's right in front of you. So that's a good way to practice your observation skills. Plus, I personally really want to see people's drawing. So I hope that you'll do this. I hope that you'll draw something that's right in front of you, share it on social media, and use the hashtag Siren Soapbox. Jonathan, thank you so much for writing this book. I seriously read this at a time in my life when I really just needed to read it. And so I appreciate, I appreciate that you put it out there for us.
5: Thank you for spending time with it. That is to me, one of the the deepest honors.
0: Well, and thank you for spending time with us tonight and sirens. Thank you again for another wonderful recording. And of course, thanks to our fellow explorers for listening to the show. You can follow Jonathan's work and his newest podcast at elite.university wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can probably just go ahead and follow his podcast as well. And uh, don't forget that you can find out, find everything that we talked about today and learn about everything that we're doing tomorrow at our website, sirensoakbox.com. And until next time, dive in, stay curious and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to Sea strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.